You're listening to an old-time radio classic podcast presented by the Foggy Jack Live Podcast and Foggy Jack, the oddball lost boy of magic. Please enjoy. This is Boris Karloff speaking. I'm here with a story for you from the files of the Reader's Digest. This is the story of the most versatile of all living substances. It has held man in his cradle, it warmed his hearth, it will make him his last long home. This is the story of wood. When living, a tree sweetens the air where it breathes. It lays the dust and tempers the wind, and when it is felled, sawn and seasoned, it lays bare the hidden beauty of its heart in figures and grains more lovely than the most premeditated design. Touch any object made of wood. The tabletop of bright maple, the chopping bowl of cleanly birch, a paddle wall of knotty pine, the lean strength of an ash rake handle, or a tobacco pipe of briar. Pass your fingers over this wood. Then press your full palm upon its firmness. Compared with metal or clay or stone, it still seems warm, still living out its useful days. Wood has gone into the very fibre of our nation. With the thousand and more native species of trees, the United States started out with the greatest forest heritage that ever fell to the lot of a lucky people. Our first exports back to England from the Jamestown colony were from the forest. Mighty pines for masts, pitch, turpentine, black walnut. When British shot fell back harmless from the live oak sides of the frigate Constitution, then she got her name Old Ironsides. And when the backwoods boys fought beside Robert E. Lee in their homespuns died with butternut, they were known as butternuts. The cabin where Lincoln was born was made of the logs of that grand old tree, the American white oak, and the rails that he split were black walnut. Wood fired the racing steamboats on the Mississippi and fed the first railroads. We spanned the treeless plains on ties cut from eastern forests. On rims of hickory and spokes of oak, pioneers rolled west to the Pacific, and there new woods came to hand. Redwoods and Douglas fir 300 feet high, timbers such as man had never seen before. Form and plan are in the very structure of wood from the moment that it begins to grow. It can overcome obstacles, split rocks apart, and travel far in search of water. It can adjust to circumstances. It can endure with an immortality all its own. Wooden piles under the streets of Venice have been found intact after a thousand years and white cedar in the swamps of eastern Virginia has lain buried an estimated 3,000 years, yet is now being dug up today and sawed into boards that may last another thousand. Say, if you like, that wood has no thoughts and no tongue to speak them. But let him who says this look into his own heart and produce for us a thought that will warm the hearth of a friend or endure a thousand years. I found the story of trees in a back issue of the Reader's Digest, and there's an article in the current December issue describing a very pleasant way of looking at them, 3,184 miles of them to be exact, all across the American continent. 
Thousands of people contribute to this journey. An army of maintenance crews, signalmen, dispatchers, electricians, butchers, pastry cooks. For this particular tree-watching device is a veritable super-hotel on wheels. It is, of course, a streamlined train. There's a whole article about the Century and the Super Chief, both top streamliners, in the December Reader's Digest, and it's a fascinating one. I'll be joining you soon for more transcribed stories from the Reader's Digest, past and present. But until then, this is Boris Karloff saying goodbye.